Hi, my name is Logan Walker with the Walk of Life podcast, where I interview people, break down their lives, and get to know what they know. Welcome Trish Bisbee, who is a commercial fisher boat owner, landowner, commercial real estate, and business owner, and active community member. Welcome, Trish. How are you doing today? Good, sir. How are you? Oh, just fine and dandy on this beautiful Saturday morning. <laughs> At least it's not raining. <laughs> yeah. It's been beautiful recently. It has for the month of May. Yeah. That's kind of weird. I remember where we had a beautiful Memorial Day weekend like we just had. Usually it's rain and rain and rain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sun and a little bit of warm. That's pretty rare. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Okay, Trish. So the first question I ask everybody who comes on is, what do you want your legacy to be? So like, after you pass, when somebody says, do you remember Trish Bisbee? What do you want them to say about you? That I'm a good person. And I've worked really hard. And I have very high values, very high discipline. And I follow the golden rule of life, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Wow, that's a powerful message right off the bat. That is beautiful. Say that one more time for me. I don't know if I could. (laughs) (laughs) Do more. Uh, Do to others what you do for us. The golden rule of life is do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I was raised by really wonderful people, hardworking mom, hardworking dad. They had their own uh, concerns and issues in life, but we always were taught to live by that and be the best you can be. And we had, um, if you didn't follow their rules, there were consequences and you knew it and you had a choice. And the best path was always to be, be the best you can be, whether you're the best basketball player, you're the best best daughter, you're the best best, uh, property owner, you're, you clean the streets better than anyone, so to speak. You just be the best you could be at anything you do. I think that's true for, yeah, like you said, any aspect in life. That's right. I mean, if if you can just... what it is. That's right. And it sounds like you've had wonderful parents. And every decision you make mm-hmm. has consequences whether it's good or bad and as long as you learn from it that's right. i think we're going down the right path that's right that's exactly right and you you're true to your heart you be who you you are who you are and you stay who you are and chelsea and i i had her on the show last week right. and we're talking about people say a lot of things but not as many people show it. That is very, very true. Your actions definitely speak louder than words. That is true. And I hope we can bring that back, you know, in the future. You know, Walker, I think we will because we care enough about the world we live in. And it's just who we are, and it's who we're never not going to be. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. If, every, if everyone else is, this is what I can hear my father. My maiden name was Cart. And I had three brothers. And I was the only girl. And he used to tell us, he said, I don't care what any other child does. It doesn't matter. You're a Cart, and this is how you're going to be raised. And that's how, that was his, one of his many philosophies. And you follow your heart. You're true to who you are. So, Church, when we talked on the phone, you said, I'm not that interesting. I just work hard. Is that something you would say was instilled in you as a child? Or is that something you kind of learned throughout your life? Uh, I'm not real sure. I don't know anyone, maybe one of my brothers. I was born with natural energy. And even as a little person, I had a hard time sitting still. So I've had to work hard years and years and years to slow down rather than to work work hard. I have a hard time sitting still. So I've taught myself over the years the one thing that makes me slow down is physical work. Okay. Okay. So you use that high energy to your advantage pretty much. Yes, that is correct. And I don't and I don't drink. And I don't do drugs. I don't smoke tobacco. I quit drinking coffee. Uh, I have a couple of teas. But otherwise I, it's natural energy and I've had it all of my life. Did you ever drink or anything or I did in high school. I used to um, I grew up with a father whom I adored, and uh, he was an alcoholic, and he was one of the finest people I've ever met in my life. And when you grow up with someone like that, you look at alcohol in a different way. And I never wanted to drink. People would ask me all the time in high school, Trisha, do you want to drink? Trisha, do you want to drink? And one time I just said, oh, forget it. Sure, and I tried it, but I didn't enjoy it. And I get really sick. Mm. So that was a long, long time ago. And I feel like when someone has a parent or um, guardian who is an alcoholic like that, and I feel like they have two choices. Go down that same road and follow that or learn from it in the opposite. I don't really see anybody in the middle. No, I it's agree. kind of weird. And you know, I learned so much about it because my mom, um, she, uh, both of my parents were native Tampans. I'm from Tampa, Florida. Okay. And a lot of my father's dear friends helped him navigate. They got him into AA, which saved his life. On the other hand, my mother got involved in the I want to say maybe Al-Anon, I'm not real sure. And she's the one that educated all of us. And they taught her that she has to, uh, you know, take care of herself, take care of her four children. Don't worry about him. He's got to, when he's ready to make changes in his life, he will. And she taught us that way. And that was life-saving because you learn that alcoholism is a disease and I know it's in my gene pool my husband both his parents were both alcoholics and it's in his gene pool so 
you just look at things differently. And I definitely think it is. You know, it's it. It, it is it's, when it's you a, go down that road. It's it is. You can't identify it. If you took my genes and threw them out in a row, you might not I be able to identify the alcoholism, but all the science and everything. It's a disease, and it affected me in a real positive way. You know, and I, if I did drink and I enjoy drinking, I could easily walk down the same path that my father did. You know, and he finally quit drinking when I was a senior in high school. And he is one of the finest people, he and my mom, I've ever met in my life. Yeah, he just had an unfortunate disease. It is what it is. And so he overcame it? He did. He did. That's amazing. Very how long has he been sober for? Or how long was he's, he sober for? He's deceased, but I see, I was, when I graduated from high school, I must have been 18, and I'm almost 68. Can't figure out the math. And my father died when he was 66, so a long time. That's awesome. He just never went back. Never well, that's a true testament to your family, too, yes. for getting him into and AA. He had a real good, he joined the church, he and my mother, and... I mean, all these things. It's you know, it was a team effort. So, when you were a young kid, were they pretty Christian oriented? Very. very. We okay. were we were raised in the Episcopal Church, and we went to Sunday school because we they would bring us Krispy Kreme donuts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the you little things you remember, the right? Little things you remember. <laughs> yes, but they were very, very devoted to the uh, to the Episcopal faith. That's a, my mom and my dad. And uh, that might be my daughter coming in. Um, in St. John's Church in Tampa, Florida. That's awesome. That's Rabino. You can just tell her I'm over here. So over here. I'm here, sis. Oops, sorry, Walker. Okay. We're doing a podcast. Walker, do you know my oldest daughter? Well, I don't think we've met. I'll introduce you to her. That's Ravenel. Okay. That's my oldest one. Um, this thing keeps falling. No, okay. I got it in. If you could just put it up next to your ear, that'd be awesome. This one? So that's the one with the microphone. Oh, I got the wrong one. It fell out. There we go. So, I mean, we've already jumped in your childhood, but mm -hmm. tell, tell me more about it. Um, you said you were born in Tampa, born and raised? I was born in uh, Tampa, Florida in 1955, and uh, my both my mother and my dad were native Floridians, so I'd probably be a second-generation native Floridian, and I uh, lived in Tampa all of my life until I got married. And, excuse me, until I went away to school. I had a great time in high school. Loved it. But my grades were just not real good. But, um, so I went to LaGrange College on a, uh, oh, I had to make good grades or I couldn't stay at the school. So I really worked hard and made good grades. And then I stayed at LaGrange for two years and then transferred to the University of Florida. Graduated from the University of Florida with a degree in elementary ed. Had a wonderful Time, joined a sorority, made some wonderful, wonderful friends, then came back to Tampa, started my own uh, lawn care and repair business, 
and then time went forward and I had a whole group of friends that got married one after the other one weekend another weekend another weekend and one of them uh, flown in from Virginia and the gentleman uh, was, was the best man and I went to that wedding that's where I met my husband oh that's amazing he's, yeah he's from Jacksonville Orange Park Florida and uh, then we um, stayed in touch and married two years later and he had just purchased his own fishing vessel so I went from no debt to lots of debt <laughs> you mar married right into debt <laughs> I married right into debt yeah and the rest is just history and we've all we've worked really hard and all of our boats have come from distress sales like one of our vessels came from the uh, Marshall sale in Honolulu Hawaii one of our vessels came in pieces from a Marshall sale. I don't think there were any bitters, but I can't remember because it's a long time ago, but that's the Mar Pacifico. And you say pieces, like you guys had to build it yourselves? Pretty much. We had to, the engine had been disassembled and we didn't have to, you know, the core of the vessel was there, but it was just in disarray. Right. And we had to uh, put a lot of money into it. And then, uh, Another one of our boats um, came, uh, the Bank of America, I think it was the Bank of America, had foreclosed on it, and it had sat for a couple of years, and we purchased that. Um, and when boats sit for a long time, they don't do good sitting. Right. So you had to rebuild this and rebuild this and rebuild this and da-da-da-da. And then another uh, one of our vessels, WIG, um, I don't know how WIG had the contact. We purchased that from a from a lady, and that was pretty much functional. But so, all, so how many boats do you have? We have one off the coast. We are we are in the ground fish industry. We are bottom trawlers. So okay, gotcha. One off the coast. We have two of them in the state of Alaska that are the same operation as the one off the coast. The only difference: the two in Kodiak are refrigerated seawater. The one off the coast is ice. And then we have one vessel, which is totally different. It's a catcher processor, and that's the Golden Fleece. We, they really call it an H&G boat. And there's 22 of us, I think, in the state of Alaska. I might have that number wrong. And we are the smallest of the baby. The largest ones are huge. They're like three football fields or two football fields. Yeah, those boats are... Yeah, they're massive. They're massive. So we're just a teeny... We need to have the baby, but it's a big operation for a husband and wife team. Absolutely. Yeah. Where do you hire people out of? Uh, that's really my husband's department. The gotcha. captains have been with us for a year. Captain Wayne Tipler just recently um, had, and this is bizarre, but he had an eagle attack him in Kodiak. There were like four of them, and he's a wonderful, wonderful man. He lives in Westport. So we're not sure if he's returning or not, but he's been with us for probably over 35 years. That is and insane. Have, Eagles? Uh, yeah, it's bizarre. You'd have to talk to him. Yeah, he was, I'm not exactly sure, but he was walking in Kodiak, uh, and an eagle came down and put his talons on us. Um, and, and there have been four other incidents, if I'm right. My husband is the one that told me the story. And I thought he was teasing me, but it's true. Well, those eagles up there, I've seen them, are huge. 
Yes. <laughs> like scary big when they put their wings out. I mean, yeah, they look like it's, a. It's true. He lives in Westport and he is a wonderful person, but he'd be able, he'd have to tell you what happened. But he's a, um, we hope he's coming back, but we're not real sure. So what was the damages? Like, uh, just, and I think his wife has some uh, health issues. They are great, great people. They've been with us for years and years. So when you, are looking for someone to hire. Right. What do, what do you look for in a person? I don't. My husband does all the hiring. Okay. Gotcha. It's pretty much in the in the business. I take care of all of the money to everything that we own. He is the one that takes care of the maintenance of the boats and hires the people. And da-da-da-da. That's his job, and I do a different job. Okay. So you guys are pretty got a good system going. Yes. Really got to figure it yes. out, huh? Sometimes we can annoy one another, and he'll be the first to tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> but it is what it is. You know, when you work so closely, but I wouldn't trade being married to him for all the tea in China. He is a real fruitcake. He's a great, great guy. He I've heard great things about him. I've never. I don't think I've ever met him. But... Oh, he would be one you would want to talk to <laughs> with your uh, podcast. He is a really neat guy. Well, I'll put him on the on the to ask list. Could yeah. you put in a good word for me? <laughs> I will. I will. I will. Um, so backtracking a little bit. When you're in high school, you said you you struggled. What was your biggest struggle? Uh, I don't know if I had struggle. I had a wonderful time, um, and just some great great memories. Maybe not really knowing what I wanted to do. So for some reason you're expected to leave high school and know what you want to do. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. That is crazy. You said that because on the way here, I was thinking about that same thing, how like a, almost a pressure is put on kids, their juniors and senior years. So like, what are you going to do? And I was thinking back to the time because I had like a moment where I just knew. So I was like stressing out for a while, like, Everyone's asking me these questions. I'm like, should I know? Should I not know? Like, no, is it okay to know? I agree. I you don't need to would know. almost encourage you not to know. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's good to go to college or enter the work field or a trade and try different things. How do you know what you like until you try it? Absolutely. Um, you know, you might not. And that's okay. Then you go try something else. And that's okay, too. It is okay. You just can't be afraid to switch. No, I mean, it's a big leap, especially you went to school for something and then you're like, oh. That's right. And I graduated with a degree in elementary education. And when I graduated, the one thing I knew I didn't want to do was teach. How'd you you figure that out? Was it like you teach for a year? uh, No. At the University of Florida, you had a school called PK Young. And it's a... I did my internship there, and everyone in that class, I think it was second grade. Now, this is individual reading, individual writing, individual math, and one of these kids was reading on the high school level. So everything was individual, and the husband and wife, the woman was the teacher, but that was their life. I mean, 24-7, they, you know, had a lot of, they were real integrated in the school, and they had the kids come to their home. And it was a wonderful experience, but it opened my eyes that, wow, if this is what it takes to be a good teacher working 24 hours a day, 
and I didn't want to do it. I talked to my sister, who's an yes, educator. Yes, younger sister, Walker. Well, technically older than me, but the middle yeah, oh, child. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, and she told me when she first started her first three years was six or five a.m. to six p.m. That's she was right. that's a lot. She was in the classroom all day for the first three years, and when she figured that out and she kind of got her her personal system in place. She said she can show up at seven o'clock and teach a lesson now. She doesn't. Obviously, she's got yeah, that hardworking gene, yeah, and she's there at yeah. six a.m. no matter what. Yeah. But she doesn't have to stay till six or seven p.m. anymore. Yeah, she, so she's she, figured out to adapt what works for her. Right, and she's—I mean, obviously, she's learning every year and preparing yeah. for the next year. Yeah. And she has put up some phenomenal numbers as a teacher. You know. Oh, I know she's. I know she's amazing. She's she, a neat gal. She's our son's age. They're in the same class. They go, your son go to Valley? No, but he, the same grade. Right. Walker went to uh, Menlove and Lee Hart went to Raymond. But they're in the same graduating class, the same year. Right. Oh, I remember Cart. Yes. He was a basketball player. Yes, yeah. that's right. That's right. So she's a neat gal. And then there was an incident in my internship. I had this gal, and she was just sassy, just really rude, where what I considered rude where I came from. You just didn't talk back to people. And I picked her up and I sat her down on that chair, probably a little bit too hard. She started to cry and I knew then that I just didn't want to do this. Yeah, it's... it's. I feel like you have to be made to be a teacher, but I'm also a really growth mindset person which you can yes. learn anything. But if your heart's not in it, there's no sense of even. No, and I come from it. teacher. My mother was a teacher. My grandmother was my first grade teacher, so I had a legacy of teachers, and they were wonderful teachers. But I just, I just didn't want it. My heart wasn't in it. And if your heart is not in anything, don't do it. Follow your heart. Yeah, and you got to make it fun. You, you know, if you you're not having fun, you, then that's right. You got to have fun in life, and you got to enjoy life. Have a good time. Absolutely. Yeah. So. After high school, we went to Lagrange College, Lagrange, Georgia, and I went there on probation. That's what I was trying to say. We're academic probation. Okay. I had because my grades were just terrible at um, in high school because I just had a great time. We had lots of girlfriends, you know, lots of guy friends. Just had a lots and lots of fun. Just old fashioned fun. Right. And uh, school was not a priority. And I had tried to apply to the University of Florida. They said no. Tried to apply to FSU. They said no. And all these different schools. And I I had an option to go to a junior college or enter LaGrange. And it was a Methodist college in LaGrange. And I went there. And it, the whole school was smaller than my high school class. Really? <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that's a... <laughs> that's a, that's a, a big change. But did you enjoy the community college life? I did. It took me a while for the first year because it was so small, but it really opened my eyes up to the community and the smallness. And and I live in a small town, and my kids go to small schools. So if I had to wager my big high school, which back then was oh somewhere near 900, 800, I'm not sure. It's probably a 788. Who knows what it is now? 
but I'll take a small school any day of my life. Yeah, it, it's hard to beat that community. Everybody knows everybody, it you is. know. And that's how Tampa used to be when my parents were growing up. It was a small town. Everybody knew each other. You know, it wasn't real big. And I feel like one awesome thing around here, at least the people that I'm with, is they're willing to give the shirt off their back for yes, you. Yes, they are. And you can really realize that when people in our community need our help, it doesn't matter who you are. A lot of wonderful, wonderful people step up, and we help each other. Absolutely, yes, which it's is it's special. I feel it like is special. I agree. I would never. I mean, this is my home. That's why I've always supported all three schools. It's my community. You know, I'm not born and raised here, but I've loved living here, and I've just met some wonderful, wonderful people. And I've lived here longer than I have, as my children say, in, in Florida. Mm. I left when I got married, twenty, twenty, twenty-six. Yeah. And I'm almost 70, so I've lived here. I still consider myself a native Floridian first, <laughs> and then Washingtonian. As second. you should. <laughs> As I should, that's right. Okay, so what was the first business you started, and how'd you make it grow? I started lawn care and painting, and I never advertised just word of mouth. But I've always been a hard worker. I had three brothers, and I always loved to work. So, you know, we got allowances. And sometimes, you know, they'd have to mow the yard. And they said, Trisha, what if I give you my allowance? Will you mow the yard for me? And I'd say, sure. Because it's fun. And I had a lot of energy. And uh, so I've always been a hard worker. So, so Physically. Because, because that's, that's the, the one thing that, that slowed me down where I could relax. That's pretty yeah, special. I'm, I'm pretty, it, it's, it's like being wired. It's, it's, it's wonderful, but you got to learn to manage it. Right. And how old were you when you, is this like an official business or is like under the table? What? The, oh, the, the lawn years? care. No, I think it, I can't even remember, but I was out of college. I know that because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Gotcha. And then a good friend of mine, mom or dad's, I can't remember, uh, said, would, Trish, would you be interested in painting? And I said, sure. And I learned all about interior painting. And then I started having my, you know, it's just myself. And then I'd have another friend years down the road we hired. But it was just us. And we'd have a great time and go into old, old homes and, you know, paint them and, and people trusted me. I mean, I cleaned it. I made a mess. I cleaned it up. You would never know I'd been in their house except for the odor of paint. Mm. You know, a lot of people come into your house and your yard and you can tell they've been there because they may make a mess, but they don't clean it up. But I made sure I left it just like I saw it. And when you work that hard and are mm -hmm. that specific with your details, mm -hmm. That's what people remember. That's and right. And I that's kind of how it grew, correct? Yes. Yeah. And I was just really busy to just myself, and I was stayed as busy as I wanted to stay. Did you have any employees, or was it just you? No, I just had that one, but that was a long time ago, and I can't remember how she and I met. But we'd sometimes take off and go garage sale and then just jump <laughs> in. We'd, we'd have a great time. But no. But I just wasn't real sure what I wanted to do. And then I ended up meeting my husband at a wedding, and that changed everything. You know, I only met him for 
maybe two hours, three hours. And it was just like... And it's funny because uh, um, I love to dance, and he hates to dance, he doesn't <laughs> dance. And the bridegroom were getting ready to go, and I asked them, they were playing a real good music while I was waiting for them to come down from the stairs, the bride and the groom were up there. It's near the end of the wedding where they're, you know, back then they used to change clothes out of their... I think they still do. Yeah, put on something comfortable so when they leave the wedding. And uh, I spent, what, 15, 20 minutes asking him to dance. He refused to go to anyone. Um, and he asked me to come back to where all the out-of-town guests, because he was from Jacksonville Orange Park, and they all stayed at one of the hotels in Tampa. And I went back, and he took me to Krispy Kreme that night. He didn't have any money. He wanted me to buy him a cup of coffee, and he had to fly back to Kodiak, Alaska, and I played on the softball team, City League. And I said, sure. I said, I'll um, we'll go to Krispy Kreme. And, you know, I bought him a cup of coffee, and anyway, he dropped me off at my house, and the next morning, uh, I went over to see my mom, and she said, Trisha, I was ready, and I said, oh, it was great, and she said, well, did you meet anyone? I said, you know what, I did, but I really don't, I didn't even know his last name, and she said, well, where's this guy from Alaska, and I said, did you meet him too? <laughs> he was loaned in from Kodiak, Alaska, and he was my, uh, the gentleman who was his best man, he was the best man for childhood friend. Gotcha. And, and so he was working in Alaska at that time? Or yes, was he, yes, he, he was, was working in Alaska. He had just uh, purchased his boat for Mr. Bendixson, who was the owner of East Point Seafoods. And that's why you had to buy him a cup of coffee? Yes. yes <laughs> that's where all the money didn't went. didn't have any money. <laughs> well, you got to bet big to win big. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know? that's right. That's so right. Positive investment in the yeah, end of the day. Right. Um. So, from a business standpoint, what are the core values that your business holds that that built up this kind of, I don't want to use an empire, but your whole... Uh, best thing to do is be uh, honest. I'm very, very honest. Um, I don't know anything but honesty. Uh, someone asks me something, tell the truth. Uh, second thing would be pay it forward. I didn't get it by myself. I had lots and lots and lots of help. Neighbors helped us. You know, my mother, my dad, my brothers. Um, and you pay it forward. If anybody needs any help, there's a lot of people that just stop me and want to know about what my thoughts are on this and this. And I definitely give them the time. I pay that forward. Um, and just in, uh, take care of what you have. You know, if you run through mud, you would want to wash your shoes if you had to wear them to school, so your shoes look nice. So if you own a building, you try and keep it up the best that you can. Mm -hmm. um, that kind of philosophy. Okay. Um, if you could give someone going into their adult life one piece of advice what would it be? Be happy. Be happy. Be happy. Happy brings everything. Happy brings brings smiles. Happiness brings joy. Happiness uh, brings optimism. It's how you look at life. Don't look at the life. Don't look at life as the glass half full. Look at the glass filled. And look at all the things that God has given you. And you don't have any hardships. Because... You can always look around and find people that are worse off than you are. 
And I feel like happiness and honesty, they're contagious as well, you know, and they attract those people. They do. And if you make mistakes, and I've made lots of mistakes, you own them. You stand behind your decisions. You make bad ones, you figure out how to make them good. There have been times where I've been impatient at McDonald's, not even nice, and I've had to go back into those people and say, you know, I'm really sorry. I wasn't very nice to you when I came through that. That's amazing because you don't see that. Because everybody's, at the end of the day, we're all people. That's right, you know. but we all make mistakes, but you own them. And I'm very um, conscientious. I've always been very sensitive. And, I mean, I have been, like I said, not nice to people. And I've gone in and just apologized and said, I'm really sorry you caught me at a bad time. But you own you, you own the things that you that bring you sadness. That's what I'm trying to say. Right. Yeah. And when you hurt someone's right. or are rude, People are going to remember that, too. That's right. But you know what they remember more? is how you fixed it. It's how yeah. you handle things in life. It's just like I told my grandchildren. I said, you work hard when you play basketball. You knock someone down, you be the first one to extend a hand. It's not personal. But do the right thing. Wouldn't you want you to offer to help pick them up? You can keep on playing. You know. Yeah. I mean, that's just com- it's, competing. That's, that's just right. <laughs> It's just competing, but you still try. Yeah. You know, and you congratulate people after a game. You don't leave the field because you got mad. That's not right. Yeah. There's, and it's tough, especially in sports and things, to tough. control your emotions. You do, but you start, you finish, and you always do what's right in your heart. And that's just how we were raised. You make a mistake, you own a mistake. And you learn from it. For me, I'm a, I'm a big learner, you know. I'm you trying too. to learn all the time. You eat at the table. If someone comes to your house, they sit at the table with you. You don't just eat and leave that person out. You leave the table. You thank your parents. You offer to help your parents. Doesn't mean that they'll accept it, but you still. I have a question. <clears throat> Being in the South, it seems to be very totally welcoming. Different. <laughs> is it like an open door policy to everybody you know if you see someone it's like come have dinner yes it is yes it is here's a perfect example this is in the pacific northwest now i come from uh, uh tampa florida born and raised there went to school in georgia um love georgia stayed in florida i didn't know and i'm here in south bend and my husband is fishing we don't have any children and we're renting a home that we end up buying that we're, we've never lived anywhere else. And I'd walk down the street and I'd wave to people. No one would wave back. I'd walk down the street again, wave to people. No one would walk back, wave back. Finally, after maybe three months, they'd start to worry. In the South, they would walk down the street wave to you and ask you if you'd like to come in and have a bite to eat or a glass of tea or sit on the porch. That's so special. That's the difference. And that, yeah, yeah. Like we were talking earlier, my best friend over in college, or one of them, he's from Louisiana. Louisiana's the same way. And we would be driving down the street and he's just waving at everybody saying, let me walk on the street and you're 
we're driving by. He's like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, dude, what are you doing? And that's how I've met so many people because I know so many people because I love people. And now that they know that I'm, I, it's not that I think they're more reserved. They, re, they started to wave when they knew I'd still be around. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like it's, even little things like that are contagious, you know? They are. They're like, they are. oh, you know, it's kind of nice to have someone wave at me. Yeah. You do it a couple more times and all of a sudden, a little shy that's wave. Right. And that's then right. It's, that's right. And then it's, oh, hey, Trish, how's it going? Yeah, that's what it means. That's right. And that's how I've met so many people. And building relationships are so important yes, in they are. all They're aspects the of life. to a community. You might not see eye to eye, but you always love the people. And you need to give them the chance to listen. You know, like you're raising your children. That, that daughter that just left here, Ravenel, she, she and I argued because she was real headstrong. And that's a good quality. Mm-hmm. I just had to become a better listener. Right, and that's a perfect example of you learning. <laughs> that's you know. right. That's right. You learn You learn every day of your life. Yeah. And, and you can never true. stop. No, I mean, that's right. I feel like there's this misconception of once you get older, you're always no, you're, right. You know, no, but there's always right. more always, knowledge to gain. You know, it's a two-way street. It's like a revolving door. You always can learn and listen. And you don't always disagree. They need to bring some things back into the school like debating, teaching people how to healthy debates. Mm-hmm. You know, not argue that both people are talking and call one a nymph school because they don't believe like they do and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. No, you need to be respectful. And that's how you learn. Absolutely. And that's kind of one of my influences in starting this podcast up was I didn't, when I was a little younger, I was hard-headed, thought I whatever I thought was right. Quality. That's a good quality. I did it. I was hard-headed in a, not a positive way. Oh, gotcha. I was like my way or the highway type deal. Yeah, no, that's that's. And not I wasn't healthy. open to learning, no. but I feel like college was the greatest thing for me in my life. Yeah, I, you. I, you know, I learned who I wanted to be, yeah. and I wanted to meet people and see the way they thought. So I wanted to know the why or the how behind yeah, whatever they that's believe. A good, that's a good thing. And that's why I want to spread, you know, that's yeah. why I want people to start yeah. listening. And because yeah. I initially, when I started, and we, the... do need, we do need to learn from people and learn. You're learning all the time. That's you never quit learning. That's why I read every day. Yeah. I listen to a podcast every day. Yeah. I am because you can turn a podcast on as I'm out working in the yard. Yeah. So I can just listen to I it in the background. I have a friend of mine that loves and listens to podcasts all the time. I think they're very powerful. Yeah, she says the same thing. Yeah. And there's so many different ones out there. That's exactly what she said. There's just the unbelievable amount, any topic that you want. If, if you talk to Melanie, she will say, oh, here's a good podcast for gardening. Yeah. You know, and then the next day she'll send me one about mindset, how to, yeah. how to think positively, things yeah. like that. Yeah. And then Bobby, Siler. Oh, yeah. He'll send me one about politics. It's yeah. like you can cover whatever you want you and do. it's uncensored media. They're going to tell you what they think. And and that's the best way because that's freedom. Yeah. That's democracy. Absolutely. That's I mean, what our country is founded on. Yes. We can agree to disagree. But I can sit here and tell you 
well, I don't like your shirt. Whereas if I were in Russia or somewhere else, I might not be able to say that. But I'm not going to say that. But you have the yeah. freedom to say it. Yeah. That, and that's it's really special. It is very special. It is really. And we all need to work hard to remember what we have in America. I feel like we got to... makes America different. And we got to be grateful. You know? Yes, we do. It's, it's hard... Grateful and thankful. To be grateful and thankful yeah. if you haven't seen or learned about these other cultures that aren't allowed to. That's you know, right. we kind of just take it for granted. But That's right. We do, Walker. I hope we can shine some light on that. You I know? think we can, but I think it's going to take a village, and a lot of us are still out there. We just are very silent. And I feel like a lot of truly great people are. Yes. With the, with the good core values, they're, yes. Yes. they're just doing their thing and doing things for others. That's right. That's right. Which is... And goodness will always, always ask Which I think is good. Like, it's okay to be quiet and do yes. your thing and help yes. others. Yes. But I don't know. I want it to just spread, you know. It will, but you, you are a, you're a walking mirror, and I'm a walking mirror. And we all need to be walking mirrors and shine. Because that's pictures worth a thousand words. Mm -hmm. That's one of my husband's many sayings and he's right if you really are who you are then be who you are and it's okay to be whoever you want to be yes that's you know? right that's right it's that's exactly right and whatever makes you happy just go for it that's right. and, <laughs> and it's good work to hard like, at it that's right and it's good to like all different kinds of people like you like all different kinds of vegetables right <laughs> that's how you learn to be open-minded and optimistic yeah that's amazing yeah so from a business aspect, what kind of separated you from everyone else and making you grow beyond what the average person would do? Uh, I don't. I like to think of myself as a team player, not individual. I'm a member of a football team. I might be the senior quarterback, but I've worked hard. Like I've seen a lot of people work hard in this community, and a lot of it is opportunity with my other half, as my husband. Because he's the one that made me the fishing. I'd never in my life, I didn't grow up on boats. Never even really saw a shrimp boat except from the distance when we were at the beach and we'd see it at night fishing in the southern uh, states, the Gulf of Mexico, shrimpers fish in the evening and you'd look out on the beach and see their lights. So he's the one that knew that. And opportunity. We were timing. We were there in the right place at the right time. You feel like God had a hand on that oh, for absolutely. sure. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, yes. when you're a good person and yes. Yes. following Christ, do. good Christ things just seem to happen. And I was talking to my granddaughter um, last night. She's eight years old, and we headed to Aberdeen uh, where her uh, dance, one recital, dance showcase was. And we crossed the warehouse of bridge. And she says, Mimi, Look at all the things they've written about that that boy that committed suicide. Because she'd asked me what suicide meant. And I had told her. And I said, um, Julia, you keep praying for his family, for his friends, for his family. I said, he's at peace. He's with God. And he'll be okay. 
It's the ones you leave behind that have a very hard time dealing with a death like that. And I, you know, I told her, I said, death is hard enough. But when you have a death like that, where you um, took your own life, it's, it's different. It leaves you, um, you never get over it. And I said, you always pray for his family, too. She said, Mimi, I did pray. I said a prayer for him last night. And I said, we keep praying for his family, too. That's a good one to be. Wow. <laughs> it makes me want to cry. It's, it's, yeah, it's heartbreaking. And I told her, I said, you know, Thea, life is hard. It's beautiful, it's happy, it's sad, but it's hard. And I said, if you ever have any issues that you feel lost, there are so many people, you have to reach out to them that would help you. You can't keep things inside. You go to your mom and to your dad. If they weren't available for some reason, you go to your grandparents. You go to your a teacher, a friend. I said, if anyone stopped me on the street and said, I'm going to take my life, I need someone to talk to, I'd drop everything, talk to that person, and I'd bring in other people as well to help them get over but I said, you have to reach out. You have to reach out. Because we as human beings, there's some wonderful, wonderful people. And we would do anything to help another human being. That's who we are. That's amazing. <clears throat> yeah. How did that conversation go? Was it? She asked passing the signs. If we've gone, have you gone over the warehouse of her? Not since. Oh, over the warehouse of her, which is probably... A whole length of my stories, things people have written, flowers, and done chalk stuff for the young gentleman that took his life, that jumped over the rounds of bridge. This was last, last week, week before last. I think it's truly special, though, that you were able to have that conversation oh, with yes, an eight-year-old. And that's real because that's who I am, and you don't. You're always honest, and she understands honesty. You know, and she'd asked me the difference of what suicide meant, and I explained it to her. You know, that's how you learn. And that's how my parents were towards me. I feel like showing it at that kind of honesty at that age yes. is a beautiful thing. And you I know. told her, I said, look how many friends he had. Look at the people that have taken time to leave their positive remarks you know I'm thinking this myself and it's growing because I I, she lives out that way and I have to constantly to go back and forth to my grandchildren and I'll, I cross that bridge I don't know how many times a week and you saw just the first couple little flowers then you saw more then you saw more then you saw more and yeah when you leave here go over and look at it I will yeah, for it's sure amazing pretty neat that's a true testament to our community, too. There you go. That's right, Walker. You know, you do anything to bring that person back, but you got to go forward to help the family go on. That's, that's our little community. That's right. And to people listening, you have to reach out. If you see somebody hurting oh, you too. or going through something from, if you, if, I'm, don't I hate the what ifs? But if someone could have reached out to that young boy and 
offered him a hand, gave him a hug. That could have been the change. That's right. But you've got to reach out yourself. Mm -hmm. You can't. There's no, oh, I thought John was going to do it. I thought Jim was going to do it. It's like I told my granddaughter. I said, you've got teachers. Reach out to them. You've got friends. You've got principals. Somebody. Just tell them what you need. And there's so many people that would help you. You have no idea. But you have to take the initiative. And you keep your heart clean. Things are bothering you. Talk about it. Don't keep them inside. It eats you up. And I feel like that's something that's kind of fading away. Is being open to talk about things. But we need to walk because it's I, life. That, that's why I'm here right now. Yeah, I want to talk to everybody. I want right. to know. That's a good thing. And I mean, it's... It's life. It changes your life. You know. That's awesome. Um, moving forward, what was the hardest thing you went through in your life, and how did you overcome it? Hardest thing I went through in my life. I had a very dear friend of ours who lived across the street, and he was thirty. Two, he's six months younger than I. My mother was his godmother, and his mother was my godmother. And he took his own life. Um, at 32, he was a lawyer in, uh, in Texas. And a day doesn't go by, I don't think of Charlie, Charlie Price. He was just a beautiful person, and it changes your life forever. Yeah. Do, do, we, do we know why? No idea. His father never went out to help Charlie. Dad is what we all called him. He sent his his uh, son right below Charlie, um, and he really should have gone himself. And anyway, um, it was just heartbreaking. But it changes your life that you know whatever was bothering you, Charlie. You should have talked to somebody. You know what I mean? Because mm. we all have struggles, but you just can't let them get that far. Yeah, that's that such a beautiful message right there. Yeah, you just, and it does. I mean, I still remember the day my dad called me. We were, you know, we had house phones back then. We were in Washington, and I knew something wasn't right for my father to call me at, you know, 6 a.m. or whatever time it was in, in Florida to tell me. And it just, yeah, it just breaks your heart. That and, and the other thing would be losing my family. Because I love my family. But I know they're in a good place. Mm -hmm. My mom, my dad, my aunt, my uncle. They're just good people. And they make heaven a brighter spot. For sure. Oh, Trish, you're going to make me cry on air. Yeah. Before we leave, I'll take you to the back and I'll show you the memorial I dedicated to my mom. My whole back Please. wall. Please do. And you have to read what I wrote. Yeah. But, um. So. But I miss him every day of my life. And you enjoy your mom and dad. Absorb every second. That's. You do, Walker. And. And you, they're good people and get as much as you can from them. And that's something I've learned, too, is even when we're out working. Mm-hmm. To enjoy those That's moments. Right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> They're good. I'll try to get 
right. And we're blessed. We come from a family that loves one another. There's so many people that I've come across that they don't even, they don't even talk to each other. They can't even be in the same room with one another. That's. And that's crazy. It's sad to it me. Sad. Really, truly sad. It is sad. I mean, you guys have the same DNA. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, I know this is hard to talk about, but um, so how did you how did you handle death like that? I, I mean, uh, my faith. Faith. Yeah. Well, my mom. I had. Um, oh, I knew we would lose my father because my mother. Uh, was a, back then my mother and dad smoked cigarettes everyone did at that generation because right. the tobacco industry you know, brought it out and everyone was having fun and uh, time go forward my mother had to have a third of her lung removed and I went home and my father um, I can't remember he had Something he had had radiation or something. I'm not sure, but I had to go home and take care of my dad because he had cancer while my mother was in the hospital. So we'd go every day to uh, see my mom in uh, the hospital because um, she was there for not a whole lot of time. But anyway, so I'm sitting across from my dad, and my dad was a real creature of habit. He'd um, He'd get up and do this, and then do this, and do this, do this. And I'd leave the house and go see my friends and come back and say, Dad, are you ready to go see Mom? And there was one day where he never moved, and I started watching how long he sat there. And he must have sat there for 12, 13 hours, just never moved. And I told my mom, I said, you know, Mom, I said, I don't know what's wrong, but something's wrong with Pop. I said, he never moved. And he'd been moving. But anyway, long story short, uh, he went to the hospital and he um, died of lung cancer. There was no, you know, it was way gone. That was very hard. Um, my mother's death, and we knew that was coming with my father. My mother's death, not so. Um, I went home because she was in the hospital just to spend time with him. And she never left the hospital. She came home. She had called me there. She's in intensive care and she'd had, um, I don't, she couldn't swallow and she didn't want to have the thing where you have a larynx, you know, you cut out your voice box. Right. So we're, we've all been over at the hospital and uh, we're in the intensive care. And, um, she says, Trisha, I've made up my mind. I'm ready to go. And I said, you mean you're ready to go home? You know, from, she said, no. She said, I'm ready to go. And I said, you mean you're ready to go to God? She said, yeah. She said, um, and she'd made up her mind. And, and that took me a while because I just, I just said, well, mom, I just, it's just, just not right. But anyway, so um, she gets out of the hospital, and I ride in the ambulance with her, and we go home, and two of my brothers are living with my mom, and we rearrange the whole house and, uh, you know, bring in a hospital bed. And uh, she 
and I was the executor of her estate, and I had to get back home. So I um, were going over everything, and I just said, Mom, you know, I looked around, and I said, what am I to do with everything in there? She says, Tricia, it's just stuff. You know, and she'd collected all this stuff, and it was just a home. And um, it's, yeah. But I miss her every day of her. She's one of my best friends. But she's in a good place. She's up there with my father. We're back dancing again. My whole family's up there. And if you can't live in this world, and she's right. She said, Trisha, if I can't play bridge every day, if I can't have my whatever she used to drink, I don't know because I don't drink at night, if I can't drive myself and live the quality of life that I have, she said, it's time to go. And she's right. She said, I'm going to tell you what she, she wrote down. She was so organized. She even told me what to have the food at her service. But that's, that's the hardest, the hardest thing, thing I've ever overcome was the loss of my, my dad and my mom. My mother helped me with my dad when my mom was gone. But they're in a lot of good places. And, and I know they, they live in hard every single day. And sometimes I'll just cry with my grandkids and they'll say, Mimi, are you thinking of Gigi? That was just how she wanted to the children. I said, I absolutely can't do it. And they said, it's okay to cry. I said, that's right. It sure is, too. You can't keep those emotions in. They'll, they'll eat you up. And it makes heaven such a wonderful place. I wish I could go on lunch with them. I'd want to come back. He'll bring us home. Yeah, and that, that's got to bring you some peace. It does. You know where they're at. Absolutely. It's like I told her. I said, so you don't have a faith when it comes to death. Someday you'll lose your mom and dad. You, you, you'll never get over it. You have to have faith to get over real hardships. Was there anything uh, in particular through your faith that you did, like extra prayers going after you lost your parents? Uh, I just have a very deep, deep faith, and I live my life with the being the best I can. And I know God, and I, I talk to God all the time. And uh, I said, you know, God, if you ever want to bring me home, you let me know. I'm okay with that. Yeah. That's something special um, to have it. to have no fear. No. Yeah. And I've been mad at God. I've put him in time out. Not for a long time. <laughs> he hasn't answered my prayers like he, I asked him to. Eventually, he does on his own time. Yeah. But I was a little impatient, and I put him in time out just for a couple of days, and I was okay with that because it's what I would have done. <laughs> I screwed up, and in my opinion, he screwed up. But that's just you know. <laughs> and sometimes I feel like he doesn't always answer our prayers uh, in the way that we think. That's right. There's always an underlying. <laughs> He answers them on his own time. Mm -hmm. And I think he, you know, you think of all of the suffering that he went through. And I think we all have to go through suffering and sadness and joy and happiness. 
just like he did to know how he really felt. Absolutely. I do. I, I mean, you, you couldn't have all the good if there was no bad. That's right. You know, and it really and makes you, you appreciate it. experience that he went through. I mean, man, you think of just the humiliation and the people turned against him and the betrayal. I mean, wow. Well, one thing that um, is really, I feel like, undermined in the Christian community is all the good Christians are kind of quiet, and Jesus wasn't. He was sticking his neck out there to spread the word and to do right. I feel like as a Christian community, we don't do that as well, I think, as we should. I agree. I think we can always make things better. Just, I feel like just by speaking out, you know. And I listened to this guy talk. I can't remember what his name is off the top of my head. But he talks about Christian warfare. You know, there's evil all around us and we have to battle it every day. And we, it's for him, it's a lot about walking the walk, you know. It's, it's, it's easy to talk that you're a Christian. Pictures worth a thousand words. Absolutely. That's very, very true. Very true. So, Trish, one question I wanted to ask you is because you give so much back to communities and families. I mean, I remember when I was in high school, we're going to a basketball state, and you paid for all of our lunches. It was it was truly special, and yeah, obviously, thank you so much for that. Welcome, but I wanted to do something special for y'all for a memory alive. And it is. <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, but why are you so giving, and what influenced you, especially in this community? Probably my the way my my father's personal home life was not a real healthy one. And he was pretty much on his own because his mother had mental health issues. And he had some wonderful childhood friends that he crossed paths with, that their parents stepped up and gave and helped him in. They provided, you know, food on the table and uh, help clothes on his, on his back. And you never, you know, my mom put me in store for this. And you, that just has saved with me all of my life. And that's giving. That's giving the people that you love. You come across a young man who's in an environment that you couldn't control. And he was a great human being. And that was my father. And his Friends, family stepped up and helped him all of his life. And he never forgot his dear, dear friends ever in his life. But you remember that time that someone showed someone that you loved. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know those people. I knew them. You know, they were Uncle Jimmy and Uncle Griggs, and, but I didn't grow up with them. But when you hear that story, and he didn't have another toy tale, um, which is yeah, just make sure all. I feel like we can learn so much from stories. That's you know, right. People's experiences. And, 
And you know, you read these things that you never knew the person that that's your father. Yeah. And look how wonderful people treat him. Mm -hmm. And you pay for the sorrow. Because look at the experience that you had. You've got a great right. memory. And you will pay that good memory on. And I will never, ever in my life quit giving. Never. And I look at money as a tool. I definitely am a team player. I've always been a team player. Mm -hmm. And I like to feel myself that you and I stand right beside each other. I'm no different than you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I, yeah. I don't care how much fame you have. No, that's right. People are good people. And kindness is kindness. And you always do unto others as you would have them done do unto you. That's the golden rule of life. Golden rule of life. It is. I think if you Googled it, I think it, it was. I don't know about today's world, but in my world, that I grew up in, and I live by it. That's the golden rule of life. My generation would probably know it. Your mom, how old are your mom and dad? Fifties. They would know it. How about Steve Jones? How old is he? Jim Tavia. I think he's near my age. Maybe I'm not sure. But you can Google it. But it's a wonderful. It's very hard to live by. And the other one is the Irish blessing. And my mother was um, half Irish, and my grandfather, whom I never knew, was uh, born in the Irish name, and. Uh, and it's the blessing of Alanon. It's uh, AA. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And that's a very hard, hard one to live by. Yeah, absolutely. That's for, for alcoholics and that's it. And I grew up with that. That's the post that Mark will be giving peace for this story. Good morning. How are you? Thank you very much. You too. Um, That's a small community. They have the key to my store. That's just like if you wanted to come in here and do podcasts, I with your people and have a comfortable, safe environment, I give you a key to my store. Trish, that's just a true testament to who you are. Yeah, that's what I mean. And, and, I would, he, and, I, and I love it. It's a nice, it's a beautiful, clean store. I mean, you know, I work hard and it's comfortable. It'd be private and it'd be someone in downtown Raymond. You could always. Right. Yeah. Church, I'm serious. If you want a key to my store, I'll give you a key. You give it back to me when you go back to college. Yeah, absolutely. And I give it back to you when you come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so keep that in mind. I will. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, <laughs> um, I just have. A couple more questions for you. Okay. Um, you know, you only told me you had one question, and now you've asked about that. I said I had a few written down. <laughs> you was more than two. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Um, so what does success look like in your eyes? It's all, it's different for everybody. Success for me is, could be different for you. That's right. Success is... Uh, how I've been, the most important job I have is probably my family and I love my children. And a picture's worth a thousand words. I will never leave my children like I left my own parents. I live 3,000 miles away from my whole family to move to them. Now I have children and I'll never leave my children and I'll never leave my grandchildren. 
I'll always be in the White House. What What would happen if your kids happen to move away? Would you move with them? Probably. Or it, it depends on, you know, where I'm at in their life. My husband will never leave our house. We have property out in Menlo that's beautiful. And I said, Dad, won't you want to build up here? He said, no. He said, why would I want to live here? Leave here. So I'll never leave. I mean, I'll always live where I live because I'll never leave. He said, you can go build up there if you want. But, I, but I'm staying here. I said, whatever. I said, okay. Well, this out here is just one of the most beautiful places on earth. It is. Washington is beautiful. But, but I mean, I have a piece right out in, uh, you know, the Andersons. Yeah. Right, right ne- down the street from there. Randy, right next to, oh my gosh, Mr. and Mrs. Myers. Okay. Yeah, I, I bought my piece of property from them and right next to that from Mrs. Hecker. Beautiful, right on the river. He will not leave our home. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It is what it is. I mean, when you know that's the right place, you know. Uh, he does. He says, you can go, Chris. He said, you can live out there, but I'm staying right there. And I said, okay, well, I'll stay here with you. <laughs> and he's that's telling funny. the truth. Yeah. That's, I he's mean, honesty attracts honesty. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's awesome, though. <laughs> but anyway, success is, uh, I think, just life. That's what life. What makes you happy is success. Yeah, I would agree. And something that brings you peace. That's right. You can have someone that washes a car and have success because they did a great job. That's success. Yeah. It's it's you know, it's what you make it. It's it's how you look at things in life. And I feel like we have to be open to changing perspectives. You do. You do. Cuz but you're not going to change people. Unless they want change. Yeah, unless they stick their hand out. That's right. Success is when my grandchildren clean their room. You know, that's to me, that's success. Yeah, and yeah. you had a hand in that as well, you yeah. know. that's I know I did with my children, but not with my, I mean, those grandchildren are my daughter's children. And she's the mom and Abel's the father. And yeah, but you, but you raised her the right way. I know you don't like taking credit for things first, well, but I'm giving did. it to you because you deserve it. <laughs> she, thank you, but she, it was a community. It truly is a family that raises a family. No lie. It is. When you have children, it's a whole community that helps all the support. Um, and that's what's so beautiful about our little community. And my parents exemplify that all the time. That's I mean, right. with Morgan, she has three little ones right now. And they're six hours away, and they pack up on a Friday right after work, and they book it right over there all the time. You think they'll move there? Um, I don't think so. Nearby, I don't. They have a piece of property on the east side, right? So they could stay there whenever they wanted to. But yeah, I don't know. I I I don't know what the future holds if they have a calling to go out there, but I don't think so. The property that they're on right now is so freaking gorgeous. Yeah, it's beautiful. I and can't. I, think you're, I heard your dad is really enjoying being a farmer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, mean, there's, there's always work to do, and he's a he's kind of like you, the high energy, always has yes. to be doing something. And, it's, and it brings you peace. It's peaceful. Mm-hmm. It is. It really is. 
it's not work. I can only say I've worked one day in my life, and that's when I had to. It was a time when I came home from college, I couldn't get a summer job. I mean, I put application after application after application. And I ended up getting a job at Camp International Airport cleaning toilets. That was work because I hate that. And right. I was just afraid that I would run into anybody that I knew. You know, because the uniform was just, just didn't fit. And it was, but anyway, um, if you love what you do, it's not work. Yeah. And I can honestly say that was work, and I hate it. Yeah. But at least you realized it, you know, it <laughs> paid the bills in the summer. That's right. That's right. That's right. But I really don't look at work as work. It's just having fun. Yeah. And that's and that makes the time go by so much faster. It's fun. It's fun with, you know, meeting people and seeing people, and it's not. Yeah. Speaking of not doing work, um, after I leave here, I'm going to build fence on the farm for the next few hours. Oh, you're going to help your brother-in-law. Yeah, Bobby, and we'll have another friend of mine coming out to help. What's he putting up all the fence? We have cows coming oh, in the do? fall. So oh, we're going to oh, be nice. the full-fledged farm here pretty soon. <laughs> How many cows are um, coming? Uh, I think they were looking at three or four, I think. I, I could be wrong, but they're still haven't, haven't found them yet. But... Yeah. but that's yeah, a lot, that's a lot of work. Those are little children. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I, I mean, we've done the farm before because I grew up with cows. I was in the FFA and you know all that stuff. But, it, but it's great now because your mom and dad are living there and they're right down the street. Oh yeah, it's an adventure. And the most beautiful thing about that farm is the kids love it so much. The, my nieces and oh, nephews. Your, your, your yes, when when she comes oh, out, yeah. oh my, she is just in heaven. You know, we are constantly checking out the pigs and checking out the chick, having to run around the little yeah. chicken coop. Do you think your sister will ever move back here? Uh, Maybe sometime way down the road. I would hope so, but I I can't say for sure because. Her husband's family's over there too, yeah. on the east side. So, yeah. and, and I know she's real close with him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, I wouldn't rule anything out. But yeah. I guess we'll, we'll have to find out. And they're not that far away. How far away is she? Not this way. Where does she live? Uh, she lives in Wilbur now. Okay. But uh, I've, I've seen, seen that game when y'all played play play basketball. Where's that? I, if I'm correct, sure. it's they're part of Lynn Ritual Spray. Oh, I think yes. they're you know they have like ten schools yes, in that one team because yes. they don't they're they're it's such a t small yeah. town. There's yeah, just a few. How big is the town? Like hundred people, two hundred people, three hundred, a couple hundred probably. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, it's cool too, you know. That's it's definitely unique being in a town that small. And I, uh, at college, there's a town population of, I think it was seventy six. Seventy six people. Yeah, and I was over there, and that's where I did like a observation teaching. Right. So I had to get like thirty hours in observing, and that's where I was at. And the classes, I think they had one senior. 
and all the S's were like four or five kids. Wow. It's... <laughs> I mean, the school is smaller than Valley, yeah. and it's K through 12. What kind of uh, teacher are you going to become? Uh, middle school math. Oh, good for you. Yeah, that's the plan for now. Um, Are you want to stay somewhere else? I will. I will be in the Pacific Northwest. That's a guarantee. Yeah, I can't say exactly if I'm going to be in Raymond, but I will be close by. I just appreciate this place so much more after moving away. You have to leave to know what a neat community. And it really opened my eyes. Yeah. was like, yeah. wow. And we need young people like you to come in. Like, like your sister, like Walker, like um, Siler, all these people, because good people, we need more good people to come back. Absolutely. People, older people, we need younger people to come back. Like Ravenel and that, you know. Is she, is she back for good? She's never left. Oh, she never left. Yeah, she left for a little bit, but not much. Gotcha. When she went to college, but yeah, she married uh, Abel Starica, and they have a blueberry farm. And she says her grandchildren, my grandchildren, are just part of the farm animals. They just have two legs instead of four. She's right. She's right. Which is a beautiful thing. Like, I think that's a great way to it raise is. kids. And, and, yeah, and, and it's, it's a hard life that she wouldn't have it any other way. Well, and it shapes those kids in such a positive it way. You, you learn hard work so quickly and it becomes natural. Yeah. And you can't beat that. Yeah. Last <laughs> week I went out there and Aesop was helping his dad. And uh, we, we, I drive the truck, so I take driving down the driveway. And I said, Aesop, what you doing helping your dad? He said, Mimi, I'm making soil. I said, well, what's that? I mean, I knew what it was. But he said, you take this, and you take this, and put it together, and it makes soil. I said, good for you, Hazel. Just learning so many things yeah, that you can't right. learn in school. That's this right. is This is exactly right. This is awesome. Um, okay, one final question for you, okay? I'm going to hold you to it. When you look into the future, what do you want? For the next generation. Uh, for the next gen, which generation would that be? Um, I mean, are you talking about five years, ten years? Let's say your grandkids. Oh, my grandchildren. I hope the world in which I grew up in. You want that to come back? Those same values. We've lost a lot of wonderful, wonderful people. My parents, my aunt and uncle, who were in their nineties. And we, you know, they have hardships that they lived through. But I think the world was healthier then than it is now. You know, that's my own opinion. Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty perfectly said. <laughs> and I think we'll get there. Yeah. It's just going to take time. It didn't take time to undo it and go down a different interstate. You, you, you have, have to go down that interstate to know that there are other prettier interstates. So I think we'll get there. I think it's just going to take time. And a lot of prayers. And a lot, and lots and lots of prayers and more churches and more good positive things in our world. And one thing I want people to realize is you don't have to go to just that one church. If, if you don't, no. if you're not having 
connections with it, you can change. And I think churches, I think all faiths are beautiful. Our son joined the Mormon church. Mormon church. We are not Mormons, but it's been life changing for him. And I definitely support that. He'd ask me, he said, Mom, would you join the Mormon church? And I said, No. He said, Why not? He said, Because I have a strong faith in God and I love my faith, but I love your faith too. So I go to church with him and support him. Absolutely. I think all churches are wonderful. I think all religions are wonderful. I think you find the one that you feel the most comfortable in and that you love, and you be a part of that. That's what's important in life. Not which one you're a part of, but you follow the one that you enjoy. That's my feeling. Well, Trish, um, that was an amazing conversation. I'm about to listen to this one back about 25 times. That's good, Walker. Uh, thank you, your, you so you much again. Your little thing back? Uh, yeah. And can, can I, I disconnect? Yep. Okay.